Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, podcast app or iTunes or anything like that for free. You can also find them at HeidiHarris.com, which is kind of my home base for all my social media, my books. And there's a link to listen live to my radio show weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on AM 670 KMZQ. Now, usually I would make the podcast about something different than I talked about on the show. Now I'm kind of incorporating some of the segments and some of the guests I have on my live show and putting them on the podcast by request. Many of you have asked for that if you miss things and whatnot. I'm not putting the entire show on a podcast, just specific segments. This morning, I had a great doctor on who's a doctor of pharmacy and an expert on public health. We talked about a lot of things related to the vaccine and how many drugs we get from China, which I had never even thought about. I'm not talking about Chinese fentanyl. I'm talking about pharmaceutical drugs. I thought you'd want to hear that conversation. Here we go. You think it. She says it. The Heidi Harris Show. On AM 670 KMZQ. Good morning. How you doing? Glad you're here. Happy Monday to you. Well, there's a lot to know about pharmaceutical things, especially now with the vaccine that they're trying to jam through. Well, at least that's the way I see it. Dr. Salvatore Giorgiani is here with us. I love that name. It makes me want to have pizza, spaghetti. That's fantastic. Doctor, welcome to the Heidi Harris Show. Glad to have you. <laughs> Good morning, and you're making me hungry just talking about all that uh, comfort food. I'm telling you what, glad to have you. You know what was interesting, and I want to let people know, you spent 40 years as a practicing clinical pharmacist and a lot of other things that you've done in your career. I did not know, Dr. Giorgiani, that before this whole thing started, I think I became aware probably in January or February that China produces so much of the, you know, so many of the drugs that we use. I had no idea. It's pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, most, most people don't, even uh, the physicians and pharmacists out there, they don't really have a great understanding of how reliant we've become over the past 30 years on uh, sources outside of our borders uh, for critical medicines. You know, these are, these are countries that have dubious reputations for their manufactured products. Uh, they are geopolitical uh, rivals for the United States. They are uh, geoeconomic rivals to the United States. But over the past 30 years or so, we've allowed them to produce most of the medications that we take. And you know, Heidi, it's not just the capsules and tablets and things we inject, but it's also the uh, that, that are the problems. It's also the component parts. Anybody who cooks, uh, speaking about food, anybody who cooks knows that the outcome of what you're going to be making depends an awful lot on the quality of the ingredients. And that holds for medications just as it holds for pizza dough. So I think uh, you have to understand that that is a really complicated situation the administration is trying to rectify. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. We're speaking with Dr. Salvatore Giorgiani, and uh, he's a, a pharma, doctor of pharmacy and senior science advisor to Men's Health Network. Uh, it's interesting, too, because you're talking about, obviously, we're talking about the China situation, but you also mentioned in some of the things that you've written to watch out for counterfeit drugs during the COVID situation. Oh. I mean, what's to stop China? Because we know they send this cheap fentanyl over here. We know that, right? The Chinese fentanyl is a huge problem. What's to stop them from sending out counterfeit things so you buy uh, whatever whatever your glucose if you need it or your high blood pressure medicine or whatever it might be, and it's a counterfeit? I mean, can you imagine how many people would die? Nothing will stop them. You know, it's a very difficult situation, and if they intentionally try to, uh, you know, use that method to harm American citizens or cause panic, it's very, it's not very hard. And one of the problems with counterfeit medications, as with counterfeit anything, 
it's really hard to tell uh, what is true source and what is a uh, a false source or a phony source. We see that with these. Uh, I think someone wrote that 90 plus percent of the personal protective equipment that's coming over to the United States uh, is not up to FDA standards, uh, and that it is a big deal. Uh, and we see not only fentanyl being imported in as fentanyl, but fentanyl being laced into other medications that people think are legitimate. So it's a very big problem. Now, people do have a resource. I generally, Heidi, do not encourage online pharmacies, uh, particularly now that the administration and Men's Health Network thinks it was a bad move, is allowing medications to come in from Canada uh, more readily than it had in the past. Uh, but if you insist on getting your medicines by internet pharmacies, you should be checking out the, the, the uh, validity of that pharmacy online. And the way to do that is go to the website for the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy. This is the uh, professional group of uh, regulators in every state that regulate practice of pharmacy. They have gone through a process of vetting, of uh, examining uh, internet websites, and they found almost 75%, 75% of internet pharmacies are phony front organizations. So, wow. But they have cataloged the correct ones, the safe ones. So if you really want to get your medicines uh, by internet, you have to do that to protect yourself. I do strongly suggest, though, Heidi, that folks get it from legitimate pharmacies in their mm -hmm. area. Uh, and that, I think, is uh, the, the safest thing to do. Yeah, that's important. I'm glad we're talking, doctor, because I have a particular insurance company that offers certain medications cheaper if you get them through their online pharmacy. So you, do you think with insurance companies that's still something I'd have to check out, or do you feel as if they've been vetted? I mean, I know you can't speak for any specific company, but w what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I, uh, I like to take care of my own health, and I like <laughs> to take care of the health of my family. And I, uh, I trust to a certain extent, but I agree with the concept of trust with verification. So okay. check it out. That's It'll good to know. Five and a half minutes. Okay. Uh, five and a half minutes to make sure that mom and you and your kids are getting appropriate medicines from appropriate sources. Mm, that, that's so interesting because there have been some medications that I've heard people, I, I various friends, friends of mine, take that have been backlogged and things like that. And, and it's, it's scary because all China would have to do is cut it off or, as you mentioned, put out something that's counterfeit and we could have major disasters on our hands. That's just frightening. Yeah, they, they're already doing it, though, and that's, that's the scariest thing. You know, a lot of people do not respond well to their medicines. So in addition to counterfeit medications, uh, there's also this whole notion of, subpar quality of approved medications. Uh, factories and manufacturers submit their applications to market medicines in the United States on paper, uh, but the Food and Drug Administration uh, cannot inspect those plants very readily. They just can't fly to India, China, Pakistan, uh, Soviet Republic, uh, you know, lots of other places, uh, and have persons in the plant checking it. So one of the concerns many clinicians have is that uh, these subpar uh, products, which look good on paper but don't look real good in actual fact, uh, you know, a couple of years while they're manufacturing those lines because they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, uh, that's, that's a problem. We see that, you know, very readily in all of this pullback on medicines that have had this NDMA uh, uh, 
uh, contaminant. That's because of poor intermediary products and poor manufacturing processes. So, you know, you, you see it in the contaminants, and many feel that people are not getting results that they should get because of subpotent medicines. Interesting. We're speaking with Dr. Salvatore Giorgiani. He is the Senior Science Advisor to Men's Health Network and a past chair, chair emeritus of the American Public Health Association. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the vaccine process right now, doctor, because, yeah. you know, we're looking at, there are a lot of people who, and, and I'm, it's not political for me and it's not religious for me, but I'm concerned they're trying to jam this thing through and I don't want the jab. What are your thoughts as a doctor? Yeah. Uh, you know, I uh, am pretty knowledgeable about drug development, uh, vaccine development, uh, and I always tell folks, you know, it's, it's not written on a, on a stone that you have to take five years to develop a vaccine. There's, there's nothing written. And some of it is that there are a lot of steps in between the development process uh, that can be curtailed that have no impact and they're just bureaucratic procedures. So, for example... Uh, you know, when you take your car in to be worked on, it uh, takes two days, but it's about 15 minutes worth of work. Cut out all that, you know, <laughs> all, right. all the paperwork and all of the this is and that. Uh, if you've negotiated a contract, these are two or three page documents that can take weeks because of back and forth and forth and back. So, you know, you're talking about a complex process. So I think one of the very good things we have learned from COVID and this vaccine process is that you can curtail, you can make the system more efficient. I think picking the term warp speed was probably a bad idea, but uh, more efficient. The other thing is that there are these drug uh, medication safety boards uh, that exist for all products under development, and we read a little bit about that in in the mail, uh, in the news. Uh, These drug safety uh, monitoring boards have a responsibility to check the unblinded data make sure that there are no safety issues uh and uh they are doing their job obviously the uh, the astrazeneca product was held up in europe uh they got to go ahead to go ahead in europe but it's still held up in fda as of this morning so i think people are doing their job the, the third thing i'd like to mention is that most medications are approved based on a study or studies of with aggregate data between 3,000 and 5,000 persons. So with these vaccines, you're seeing cohorts of 30 to 60,000 persons being given the trials on the vaccine. Okay. So, you know, it's, they're much, much larger. That won't catch the one in 100,000 reaction. It won't catch the one in a million reaction. But one can only do what you can do, and we could wait five years for a COVID vaccine, uh, but that may not be an acceptable social uh, approach to this. So I think uh, the other, the fourth thing and the last thing is these companies, the Pfizer's of the world, Merck, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, Glaxo, uh, they have been doing vaccines for a very, very long time. Way back when I had nice brown curly hair, they've been making <laughs> good quality vaccines, uh, and they know how to do it. They've started on vaccine process for SARS, which is the root virus that right. COVID thing comes from, it started on that in 2003 when we had the first scare with SARS. So it's not like all of a sudden they started learning about vaccines. It's sort of kind of like the tech industry. It took a lot of time to get the first, the second, the third innovation. But then by the time you got to the nth innovation, it's a lot easier. I see. So I do think the process is good and it's safe. And 
for what it's worth, my wife and I will be getting the vaccine okay. uh, soon enough as we can. Well, that's that. That makes a lot of people feel better. I think um, some people still have concerns, but I, I appreciate your expertise on this, Doctor Salvatore Giorgiani. I love that name. Thank you for being here. I appreciate that. And of course, so you're with the Men's Health Network. People can check out the Men's Health Network dot org. Uh, but thank you very much for your insight and your information because uh, you know there's so so much information coming out. Everybody now is a Facebook expert yeah. on uh, vaccines and uh, epidemiology. Isn't it hilarious, Doctor? <laughs> Yes, uh, everybody's an expert. Uh, I, I, I probably know a lot less than all those Facebook experts. <laughs> Thank it's you, Doctor. I, pre- I appreciate you. You know, I'll tell you why. It's so funny. It is pretty funny. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. I'm Heidi Harris. We have a lot of fun on the Heidi Harris Show weekday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on KMZQ in Las Vegas. So please tune in when you can and listen live at the link on HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scott.